Hey guys, this is And The Writer Is with Ross Golan. I've written with hundreds of writers and artists over the years, and my favorite part of each session is the first hour when we catch up about life and the industry, politics, composition, whatever. If you ask me, songwriters are some of the most worldly and intelligent people I've ever come across. So this is a journey of learning why people write songs, how people write songs, and most importantly, who the people are who write the songs. I co-produced this with my friend Joe London, who was nominated for a Grammy earlier this year. He makes us sound like angels. So if you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening site is. If you want to follow along with this podcast and listen to the songs we discuss, go to Spotify and look up And The Writer Is, or go to our website, which is www.andthewriteris.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. This week we have Jason Evigan. He's one of the most beloved people in the music business. He walks into a room and pretty much everybody lines up to give him a hug. He does important things in his off time, and we all respect that. He and his wife, Victoria, have a nonprofit organization called Picture This, which is a picture of pen pals for kids in America to write letters and send pictures to other children in third world countries, promoting friendships and connections. He's also the guy that after every session, you kind of want to sit around and just discuss the planet. You want to talk about spirituality. You want to talk about all kinds of things. So you'll get a lot of that in this interview. A few things you should learn about in this podcast. We talk a lot about camps. Writing camps are essentially where a bunch of writers get together and they write and give each other advice. You'll have five to ten people in in two or three different rooms just kind of running around and you're trying to finish this song and somebody in another room does a better beat so they come in, they help that, and somebody else comes in with a different lyric. And it's really communal. It's part of the reason why a lot of songs these days have a lot of writers on it. There are a couple famous camps in the music business. There's one in France, there's one in Aspen, there's one in Vegas, there's one in Toronto. You know, when you go and you write with some of these artists, they'll rent out a house in Puerto Rico. They'll do whatever they can to get some of the best writers in the world to just have fun and and be collaborative. A couple other things you should know about Jason. He was in a band before he was a writer. He was in a band called Midnight Project, which had a top 40 song at Alternative Radio. He also ended up being part of a duo writing team called The Suspects with Mitch Allen, who used to be in a band called SR71. They ended up getting a bunch of cuts together. They wrote some of them with Cara Diaguardi, who we discussed in last week's episode. We talk about Wendy Goldstein, who's the executive vice president of Republic Records. She signed The Weeknd. She signed Ariana Grande. We talk about Damon Bonetta, manager, publisher, and GM of Psycho Music. There's Zach Katz, the president of BMG US. We talk about AAM, which is Advanced Alternative Media, one of the biggest management companies in the music business. And we talk about Mio, who is the senior vice president of ANR and head of creative at Disney Music Group. So there you go. That is the notes that you should know for this week. Enjoy the episode. And here is And the Writer's Journey. 
Welcome to And The Writer Is. I am your host, Ross Golan. This week's guest is a game-changing writer and producer. There are very few people who are true 100%ers, and this guy is exactly that. He can sing dope melodies, write relevant lyrics, and produce commercially viable and still progressive records. He started as a frontman of a band that reached Top 40 and since written number one songs for Top 40 artists. From the San Fernando Valley... This hit musician has written the kind of songs that the rest of the industry copies. But the one thing that this writer uh, does that the music industry should really copy is how he's found a true balance in his life. And the writer is my spirit animal, Jason Evigan. <laughs> my spirit animal, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hard to read. That was pretty good, though. Yeah, you know, it's... I would have definitely butchered that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of dyslexic, so it makes sense. Anyway, um, so usually I start by saying, you know, talking about where I first met somebody because it's like this long email chain or a phone call or something. But I always think it's funny that when you uh, spend your first time uh, in sort of a one-on-one -on -one session or with an artist, and that made me think of the Delta Goodrum session. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is incredible. <laughs> but the gist really of it was that's how you meet Greg Evigan, your father. <laughs> can you can you explain that story a little bit? Okay. Okay, so let me let me remember this. Um Delta walks in. Okay, so my right. studio was at my parents' house in the guest house there. Right. I rented the I rented the guest house for them for years. Right. And we um and you you and I were there first, I believe. Yeah. Right? Sure. Delta comes in and she's like, oh, flabbergasted, you know, and she's beautiful. She's like, I just got stung by a bee, right? That was yeah, her. that's a good Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I also in polite voice. Yeah. And my, my, my dad, like, pops out of nowhere, like, lurk, just a lurker, like, hey. Yeah. And uh, he's like, all right, I got this. I'll take care of this. I'll take, I, I, I got you. I got you. And he goes out and he gets mud from the from the front yard. He scoops up mud. This is how it went. Yeah, right? yeah. And he, and he puts Delta's foot up on his counter and he like starts like rubbing in the mud into her foot. And this is the artist that we're writing with. Yeah. <laughs> Shows up and she's stunning. She's a beautiful girl. She's got her foot up on the counter of the in the kitchen. Yeah. And your dad's rubbing mud on her foot <laughs> <laughs> because she's got stung by a bee between her toes. Yeah. Oh, he's in, in between the toes, yeah. And um yeah, he he really just like handled it. He was so caveman about it and just totally and then you know, he was rubbing rubbing, rubbing the foot and we started and it kinda kinda broke the ice, I'd yeah. say. And then uh, went upstairs and we wrote a song <laughs> about a bee sting. Yeah, it's called Sting. Yeah, yeah it's called it's sting. Bee sting or something. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, you know. Was it good? I have I have no idea. I don't think I've heard it since. So, yeah, we should, <laughs> it we should, obviously we should, wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make the cut, but yeah. Yeah. It was fun though. Was that our that wasn't our first session though? That was No no no, but I think that no, we it was our we, first like our first sessions were the Venice camp. Okay. Uh, you know, before we get to that, I was gonna okay. say about um your relationship with your dad is super interesting because, I mean, he was literally... So, After Midnight Project was your band for, mm -hmm. I don't know, mid-2000s through 2010, yeah. 11, 12, yeah, 2010, something like yeah. that. Uh, 11, actually, yeah. So, and your dad was in the band? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here, here's what went down. I had left another, another project I was in for years. What was that? It's called Delusion. Okay. okay. We actually saw like Jack Osborne signed us. We were signed oh, cool. to Epic. Wow. And um, 
And I was like, I'm going. Is that during like the heyday of we, the Osborne? We were on the show. We, oh, right. we were the band that he like found. Like he cursed out my guitar player. And he's like, you know, this guitar player of delusions an asshole. And like, was it real? Was it? A it was real. real. It was all real. Out? Yeah, yeah. It was a real yeah. curse out, and my guitar player quit because of it. And that's kind of when the band started falling Whoa. apart. Yeah. He's like, no one calls me an asshole on TV. I was like, okay, dude. It's like a 15 year old boy. Right. You know. <laughs> and so, but anyway, so I was like, I'm going solo. And I, and I, uh, well, there's one band in between we don't talk about. I played bass and it was really, aw- <laughs> really awkward. I wore like weird outfits and shit. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah. So then I was like, I'm going solo. So I started doing, I, I didn't actually say that. I was just, I'd come home after my band practices and I'd make music all through the night. And I was like, I was just really getting into producing. Sure. And I, I like, reason and pro tools and i was like making all this stuff and and um okay it's kind of a, that's actually a good story the girl i was dating at the time we uh-huh. broke up but she kept me around she's like you can't date anybody else when we break up and okay. i was like okay which, you know, which was, like, <laughs> seems like an unfair rule <clears throat> very unfair right. and meanwhile she was dating this guy right that's <laughs> who became up. my manager right because he heard what he, he, <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so awkward and yeah I, we, anyways he 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 like Came over and he's like, he's like, hey man, heard you making music. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I was like, yeah, dude, check out. And I had like, I made like a little like demo of the stuff uh-huh. I was making. And he's like, this is amazing. So like, him and his dad like put money into into the project, and we like got some guy to make a music video, and all this stuff started happening. We got like this really cool music video, like, high budget music video. And then he's like, we're having a we're having a record release. Let's have a video release party. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, okay. He's like, you, you guys got to play. I'm like, there's no us. It's just me. Right. So I got, I was like, all right, screw it. I got my dad on keyboards. I got my cousin on bass, my friend Tim Carhartt on guitar, and, and like this kid JK on drums. Anyways, we played it. And like that night, like late, we had, because I don't, there's like a th- over a thousand people who showed up. Right. Because all my, my old band's fans came. It was like this whole Where thing. Where was it? The Ivar. Okay. Yeah. Well, the yeah. club, you know? Sure. It was, yeah. So we played that. And then the, by the next day, we're like, we, I had a meeting with, with, Evan Bogart. The next day, no he's like, way. he's like, he's like, you heard about the show, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he was a, he was an yeah. agent at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it just That's happened. Crazy. It just happened really fast. All stuff started happening, and then the band like became a band, and my dad right. was in the band. And flash to three years later, literally, like we've developed, we played, the, you know, Hollywood, and we had a huge fan base in Hollywood, and all these labels were checking us out, and. Uh, we were about to fly out to okay, but my dad was never in the promo shots, you know, right? Which was kind of sad. I was like, yeah, dad doesn't work with a promo, they right? Things like, and I had to fire my. This is a long. This is this quick story. Um, and then wind up is like, we want to give you guys a deal. We're flying right. out. We're flying out to New York City. We're gonna give you. We got a limo waiting. It was like we're, we're like, wow, okay, this yeah. is it. This is the deal. Yeah. And my dad's all excited because he's in the band yeah. too. And then like the day before, the the girl who runs it, she calls. And she's like. What is this, the fucking Partridge family? Who's that old guy in the back? BJ and the Bear? And I was like, What? And he's like, The deal's off. I'm not, I'm not signing you guys anymore. You lied to me. It was like, oh, It was like the weirdest thing ever. What? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's an asset. I know it's the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world, but yeah. you know, having your dad in the band is probably like a part of a story that people would tell. Yeah. It was, you know? yeah. And we said our harmonies were really good together. And then uh, I kind of like kept it going for a little while and I had to tell him my dad is. I gotta, I gotta let you go. It was like really sad, actually. It was really hard. Kind of messed so our relationship strange. for a while. That's so strange. I mean, is he like your first co-writer? Is he? Like, I mean, were you writing with him? I mean, well, I wrote my first song ever with him when, right. I, was, when I was ten. Take the long way home. I take. Oh, the, still... I take the. I take the long way home. 
Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's got it's got like tempo and stuff. It's it's cool. got, and that's crazy. Yeah. So you actually had to fire your dad when you got your record deal, and that's and so, no, I, I didn't oh, you, know before. That's when, oh. yeah, before we got the record deal. Did you end up signing and then signed to Motown? You signed to Motown yeah, later on, and then um, and you're at that point. Had you already done what was it, the Danity Kane video or some band like that? What was Wait, the what? Vi- wasn't there some video you were in where you were like? Where you're like the love interest, and you probably don't want this. On no, it's you, fine. I don't care. Which one? Wasn't there some dream? Dream. <laughs> That's what it was. I knew it was something like that. What's how how did you know about that? Because I know everything. Okay. What's the? Uh, um, because I think you tell me things once and he think I don't me. listen. Because I talk he loves me not, and no matter what you do. That was I was like band dream. Yeah, Puff Daddy's sure. band. Yeah, I was just an extra in it, and I had like I like I drove like a. Thing and I was like the love interest of one of the girls. Is this like the same era as all this? Are you just like kind of living like the young Hollywood life, being like, I'm in a dream video, my band's like got a record deal, and like, is this all sort of the same same era? It's all in the same world. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Did you go and (laughs) I just had to give that shout out. I just want people to know that you were in a music video of like. Yeah. I used to do extra. I was an extra on um, (laughs) Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful. Wow, I, I was a, uh, I was a, uh, always in the background. At the, you know, this is like in my high school days. Though. Is that so? You got like a SAG card and did all that? Yep. Wow. Made a little extra bucks. In the, that's how. Yeah, that's how I made cash when I was a kid. Sure. As an extra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, SAG after people don't realize that, but in in the music that's industry, that's my insurance still. Dude, yeah, SAG after is everything for yeah. for a lot of people. I mean, you get all these writing royalties and all that, but you need yeah. to have. That's how I know, do. That's how I do my yeah. insurance. All after. Probably do that. I mean, I get after you, you it, sing but on I don't. Every, you sing on like every song. Yeah, 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 but I don't know exactly. Whatever. That's another conversation about. Let's teach the health kids insurance. Listening. Yeah. Well, there's it. Like, why don't I don't know why they don't teach. That's like the one thing I think kids should learn in in high school is how to do things like taxes, how to do things like health insurance. Why why they basically say you are now in the world, you know, yeah. you know trigonometry, <laughs> you know, trigonometry. but you have no Sick. idea yeah. how to get health insurance. I think I just figured out what taxes were like last year. Right. I like finally figured it out. Right. And then it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> I'm screwed. Like, you were, ah. Yeah. yeah You're better off not knowing anything. True. They got to start that earlier. You're right. So did you go from um, so what? Why did you stop after Midnight Project? You're on Warp Tour. You have a, a top forty song at Alternative Radio, and then you bang got like, dropped. Oh, that's that was why. a bad phone call. We after were, while you have a, a the song, or were you on like a second single? We're, we were about or? to do a second single, um, and we were about to open up for the Used. Oh yeah, like a big show. Uh-huh. It was like we were. Call. I got the call yeah. from the label, and I didn't. I was on tour with my band. I didn't tell my band for like two months because I knew that it was gonna like hit the fan. <clears throat> my drummer had like a bunch of you know, kids, and I did, I just knew. I, I said I had, I had to keep this to myself. So the tour was end. So the tour was over. And I knew we got dropped. And yeah. Then we tried and we tried. We did the EP on our own after that, and um, so you know we kept it going for a little while. And then what happened was uh, when I got married to Victoria, I. We took like a like a six week time off of touring yeah. to get ready for the wedding, uh-huh. and in that time period, <clears throat> I wrote "Heart Attack," that the Demi Lovato song. Oh wow! So I was like, I was doing. So you were it was like a real genuine kind of crossover into the yeah writing world. Yeah, well, I started. I started really when I was making my EP. I got really into electronic music. You, right. you came by the house at one time. I was like, check out this dubstep stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Listen, you know, so I really got into making electronic music, and I was kind of trying to incorporate it in my band, and my fans were not having it. They're like, we want a pit, we want a mosh pit, what's up with this, like, pop electronic stuff? And I was like, okay, I got to evolve, dude. I can't keep making, like, right. you know, I can't, like, Chevelle music. Right. Um. So it was kind of a natural progression. I started doing this, like, electronic music, yeah. and then I did some co-writes with Mitch Allen, and sure. I, uh, he was kind of getting me in the room with, like, co-writes because him and I were making Disney music on the side. We were making like Teen Beach Musical. Right. That's so know, weird. Which I'm the voice of uh, one of the kids on this show. Amazing. I was like the Elvis voice. <laughs> Cruising for a bruising. Well, that's really good. <laughs> Wait, so how did you know Mitch? Did you like SR71 No, he was like, uh, when they were trying to, you know, they're like, we need a second single. They wanted right. us to write with Mitch. Wow. So we tried to write a couple songs. And we, that's the know, beginning of The Suspects. And that's... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. the beginning of the, the crew. And then, um, yeah, so then, like, at that time, I was like, this is cool, this little co-write thing. And when is this? This is, like, 2011 or so something? like, end of 2010. Okay. So you had Heart Attack for a minute then yeah. before it came out. Yeah, totally. Wow. And then, like, wrote then, but I, I kind of started seeing, like, the reaction from people, and I, like, right. I was like, this is actually, like, really fun. I love being in the studio. I love being yeah. in the studio opposed to just sitting in a, uh, in a bus all day long or right. an RV or a van, you know, whatever right. we were doing at the time. I'm sure Victoria liked having you home more too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, so this was after you, you guys were married, though. At this point, or you were uh, getting? We were getting married because like, we broke up for a year actually, oh, and I right. was like, and then I was torn like crazy. It was like a crazy time in my life. It was just yeah. gnarly. And then I thought we were done. Got back together. Got engaged. Um, I got married with two hundred bucks in my account. Yeah, it was so crazy, you know. And I was just like, I took a big leap of faith, and then, and then, um, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. And heart attack. I don't think people realize that at this point, even having written Heart Attack, you're, probably your most watched video might be your wedding video. <laughs> definitely. The wedding video is for sure. It's got like still... a million views or yeah. 10 million views. I don't know how many, but more than five. And I'm sure mine is closer to five. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. That it's was crazy. crazy. That was really cool. How did that happen? How do you get from like, you get married and then all of a sudden everyone just yeah. fell in love with it? Well, you know, I was like, I was like, okay. I got to put, so I dumped about $30,000 in promotion for my wedding. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so weird. This is, I mean, look, I mean, we've all been part of songs, even with major label support yeah. that can't get, yeah. you know, 20,000 views. And then you just have a wedding video. I don't know anyone, I don't think any of our friends has like a viral video. Yeah. You know, an unintentional viral yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, What happened with uh, this guy, Lightfield Lewis, a family friend of ours. Uh-huh. We were like, we were is that kid. his God-given name? Actually, <laughs> Light- it is. Lightfield. Yeah. Are you serious? His dad's Jeffrey Lewis, the actor. Oh wow! Like their their family's just crazy. Like I think one of the like Juliet Lewis is he's Juliet right. Lewis's sister, brother. Um. Yeah. So we we were looking for someone to make the video, and and Light Lightfield's like I make videos. I was like, yeah. I saw like, he made one wedding video. And it was kind of whack. It was like right. interesting. I was like, whatever. It's not like a normal. Let's just like use him. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we can guide him through it. Right. Um. So he films it and like. You know, he's just crazy. He shows up in like plaid shorts and sure. like in every back. And by the way, in all our wedding photos, you see him with the camera in the background, like just yeah. floating around. Like yeah. we're like, he's like, making a movie. He's not. Yeah, doing yeah. A wedding he doesn't video. care. It's a small he doesn't movie. care at all about the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like in the middle of the wedding. He's like, JJ, I'm out of cards. Can you buy? Right. And he's, 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 he's right. If you ever meet him, he's nuts. But he's a great guy. We have a lot of good funny stories here after this. Um, so he makes the video. In my head, I'm like, whatever. It'll be a cool, like, wacky video. We were in Thailand on our honeymoon. I get an email. He's like, "Hey, bro, put the put the video up on YouTube for you to watch." I was like, "Okay, is that weird? He's putting up a wedding yeah. video on YouTube." And uh, we 
we watched it. I remember where we were. We were up like in this crazy mountain, and we watched it. and We just started bawling. It was like the best video I ever saw. Right. It was insane. Like it was like yeah. a movie. We, you know. Yeah. He made a m- movie. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. within like, uh, I don't know how it happened, but it just it caught. I think like someone in that at like a college. Because I don't know where I got all these right. emails from college people, like, "Oh my gosh, your wedding changed our life!" And right, dude, like, we'll literally be in other countries, like in Philippines, and they'll be like, "Are you the wedding couple? Are you the dead? So, are you the dead hearts couple?" It's like it's crazy. It's cool. It's like it's kind of actually nice. What's to, dead hearts again? I mean, it was, I know the, it was that, the title the, of the. Oh, right. it, was, it was a song. But where did that come from? There's a song in there called "Dead Hearts," oh, okay. and that's, then it was, and then he, the he did the theme of like my grandma's death, and right. he, he kind of tied it in there together. You know? It's cool. So wait, so uh, so you have a. a you're you're getting married. It's this whole thing, and then you write heart attack in this process, and you're kind of like, I'm done being in a band. Yeah. And here's a good song, and people are reacting to it. And by people, I assume Demi Lovato, or is it not well, moving? Well, people there, like right Pia now? Toscana cut it. Oh, uh, interesting. A couple of people. Yeah. I forgot who else did. Fair. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it just it was a different type of reaction I ever saw. Yeah. Like. I was like, oh, whoa, like a are calling. And like, right. it was just different than the band. It was like, right. the band I felt like I was always chasing and like banging on doors. And it was like, it was just this like crazy struggle for, I mean, years and years and years and years. And and then I started writing this pop music and it was just, it was such a different response I was getting from people. Yeah. It was like, I was just having fun making music and it was like, it was all coming. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, it's weird when the doors open up and you you know all the years that you needed a record deal, yeah. and you get this shitty record deal, and you've spent all this time working on an album, and now you have to split a hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is between seven people, and everyone's getting their commission. At the end, you walk away after taxes with jack shit, nothing, yeah. nothing to raise a family on, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, or totally. anything like that. And you're sitting there and you're like, I'm I spent all this time, ten years developing this project, and I essentially sold it mm-hmm. for. $15,000 for my share or whatever it yeah. is. And then as a songwriter, you know, each song has its own, is its own asset. Mm-hmm. Every song you write in a band totally. is still lumped into the band. Totally. It's either lumped into the publishing deal or the record deal. And then you, ha- you write these songs and they're, they're assets. Yeah. Right, Wendy it's Goldstein crazy, said yeah. that to me right in the, the, right when I was starting to do the co-writing thing. And she said, I'm just so jealous because you can wake up every day and create an asset. Mm, wow. Like, oh, That's yeah. a really good point. I mean, you know, and all those Beatles things about, like, you could write a house and it would, you know, build a pool with it or build a house, yeah. you know, whatever. You write it, sorry, you write a song, you build a house, you build a pool, whatever. And in uh, the fact that you can actually do that, I mean, yeah. it's such a crazy change from being in a band. It's Yeah, it's totally night and day. How did you know that, that you were going to make money from Heart Attack? Um, I mean, like, or, or I guess maybe not money is not yeah. the right question. How did you know that was Pia Toscano hits, you know, cuts it? Is that American Idol? Right? Yeah, or is yeah, that one of the, I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And then, you know, how does it go from that to being, you know, probably top 10, top five record? Yeah, yeah top, top three. Top three record? <laughs> yeah, top three. Uh, yeah, okay, so then. Actually, it was. It, I had this huge. It was like a huge week for me. Actually, it was like this big pinnacle. Uh, I had signed with with BMG, uh-huh. so that was cool. I, and I got a little, a little advance from that too, sure. so that was exciting. I was like, "Whoa, an advance!" You know? And not shared. And not shared with, with with thirty people, you know. Um, so I had that, and then I signed with Damon Bonetta. Oh, uh, um, really? Yeah, he signed me there first, which I also 
Huh. Yeah, which is crazy. I actually, he, I walked in. He, I walked into the office and he started singing a song that I wrote when I was fifteen because he was like an old oh, Delusion yeah. fan. Dude, Dan is amazing. Dan was awesome. Uh-huh. But okay, so I signed with them, and the same week that Zach Katz took over, yeah. I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm screwed, dude. Like Zach's not gonna know who I am. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm gonna get lost in the shuffle. Um, all these people, like Carrie Deguar, all these people I had, I had met put a really good word in so Zach's like hey I've heard great things about you let's let's meet up so we met up <clears throat> and the company their company started like taking off and, th- and that same week I signed with AAM and right. I met Mio and I played Mio Heart Attack that's like this. it was all one week it happened right. so and it was like he got the, he's like we're getting Demi on it Demi came in the next week and cut it it was like all this like yeah. this week that just kind of changed my life sort of you know so I forgot the question well, that, uh, well that, you know it's weird I mean Okay, so here's here's a song that goes that goes top three, and it's not you know of all the songs where you're at now, where there's a different sort of thought out structure. I feel like when I listen to that song, it's like all the math is not right. Yes, but it works. Like the chord, there are chord changes. There, there's like different. It's a strange song for it to be so successful, and then those are the songs that are most successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to go back to that more. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know who Max Martin was. Never heard of him at the time. Right. Didn't know who Doctor Luke was. Sure. I was just like, let's make a. Cra-. I mean, there was a br- the bridge. Right. By the way, the bridge was like a crazy dubstep bridge at the time. Yeah. I was just like, I was just like, let's just make a crazy wild song, and you know, Sean, like, I was like, do a crazy chord there, and he was making these crazy chords, and we were like having so much fun with it, um, you know, I, I just didn't like know what I was doing, like, like there was no sure. person, in, you know, I, I hadn't worked with hundreds and hundreds of writers who'd been like, the math's wrong or the math's wrong, and like being, right. you know, which I'm, I think I'm one of the least analytical writers I work with, yeah, but I, I agree still, with that. but I still, you know. You know, it's uh, you're in- there's some there's something special about like before you learn all these tricks. <laughs> yeah, you know, your instincts are so often really catchy, partly because they're not mathematical. You know, in a session, you, in you naturally just start building a track. That's I don't know I don't know another producer where at the end of a session the demo sounds that close to the final. Oh right, wow. Cool. I don't know anybody who's like that. Most people they're close or they need a couple days or something, but in the process your instincts tend to be what shape the song. Mm. You know? That's I don't cool. know if other people have ever mentioned that to you, but no, the that's way really you cool, treat man. the way you treat a, a demo in the moment, it's it's much more instinctual than most people. Mm. But I think that's what people react to because it has, like, a, a life to it. Yeah, it's hard, actually, because, yeah, that's, that's interesting you say it because after the fact, like, after the session, there's such an energy that went into making yeah. it, and it's all there. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to – now don't mess it up, you know? Right. Like, our Stuck in the Feelings Stuck yeah. in the feeling song was, like, really, really hard because it was – the song was almost done in, in the session. Yeah. But I'm like, I got to take this up another step. But everything I kept adding was Took taking away. away from it. So I, it was like a really, you know, I was walking on ice the whole time. Like, <laughs> Do you ever just say, yeah, I'm working on it, I'm working on it, and then just send the demo back? <laughs> I mean, you could almost do that with something like yeah, Double yeah. Vision also. Yeah. It's like that was one where the Double it was vision, constantly yeah. chasing the, the demo. Yeah. 
because totally. then other people get involved in in mixing and mastering and and adding verses and all that stuff, and you're like everybody out of here. Yeah, like that demo is is great. Yeah. I mean, how often do you just you know not replace anything and just say this was, this is a moment. This is great. Yeah. Uh. Well, can you do that? You could, but I think when you go home, you kind of you hear it. you're like ah, I can replace that clap. I can right. Put a little bit of this underneath there, boost it up a little bit. Yeah. Who do you learn from then? I mean, if you're, when you're saying that, you know, you kind of go from this band thing and then you co write with Mitch and you start getting these cuts outside of that. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're saying replace the the clap. Where do you learn that from? Is that from listening to other people's or is yeah, it from, just, I, I from think collaborating and, and other people saying, no, nah, that clap is both. too mid, like <laughs> mid range? Well, both. Yeah, know. there's both. I think like, you know, um, there's, it's funny, there's, there's like a few vital sessions I remember working with producers where I learned uh-huh. a lot. I, like working with Benny for a few days one time, I learned a lot. Working with Wallpaper, I learned, or Ricky, I learned, um, yeah, I remember one time I was like, it's all about making stuff small. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? What, you know? what does that mean? And then like I realized, I'm like, yeah, like the smaller the clap, the harder it hits. It's like super weird stuff like that. Like, What does like, that mean? Like like literally like if it's like a single there's more space. Clap, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be a single clap. It could be a bunch of claps. or just like tight, you know. Right, but it's 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 interesting how those those little like moments people say are like you know uh, like very like game changing moments in your life. You're like, yeah. oh wow, that's funny. I was always making huge claps, thinking it was gonna hit hard, but like if I take away, it actually makes it bigger. Or, right. Um, but yeah, but for for me, a lot like uh, you know, Sunny um, Sunny Moore is like such an incredible producer. Skrillex, Skrillex, yeah. yeah, and like. Just like listening to his when he first started doing Skrillex, right? Just that was so for me. It was so game changing. These sounds I never heard before. So I like study those and sure. um, just studying studying music and listening, referencing back and forth, and being like, okay, oh wow, their clap is way way bigger, or that kick is like a totally different sound I, I, than I thought it was in my head. Because a lot of times I'm trying to chase the sound I hear in my head. Right. I'm like. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but you'll reference like, "Oh, dude, you got to pull up the song from '90." You know, the, this this Ace of Base song, yeah, the yeah. production's sick. And then, they, but the way you hear it in your head is nothing like it actually yeah. was. And you're like, "Dang!" So then you try to chase right. what you, hear, you try to trace what you hear in your head. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you feel that way when you're, because you're, 
you have a lot of writing credits where you're not a producer on it. Yeah. Do you end up, um, is it hard to just walk in and be a writer and not add production to mm. songs? It's, or do you tend to do you tend to always now get a little more involved in the production because you have yeah. more experience as a producer? I mean, Talk Dirty, you're just a writer on it. Yeah. And yet that's a huge song. Yeah, yeah. You totally. know, and then there's I guess most of these lovers on the sun, you're yeah. a producer on it too, right? Yeah, I think I'm a producer on that one and dangerous too. Right, and dangerous. Um yeah, like with with with, uh, with Talk Dirty that was cool because I got to like the Ricky's track was we heard it. We're like, this is a hit. Like, yeah, no matter what, it's just so. But the arrangement was totally different. So we like, you know, we we chopped up the arrangement yeah. and made, you know, which was really fun. And we added all the ooh in the background. Yeah. And so we still had, we still got to like, you know, do that kind of stuff. Like to like, it's it's, it's always fun just to sprinkle stuff on top. Like even if you don't get production credit, that's not about that. Do you it's still just a, do you still do writing sessions where you're not the producer? Yeah, and I want to do more actually, because like it's it's such a nice break, you know. Like yeah. I just did all the stuff with Geta. I just went to London with him, and oh, probably, and I probably won't. Pro- yeah, and I probably won't produce a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, I mean, not great. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, I like, said that as if your yeah. production sucks. I like your. Production. No, well, <laughs> when I hear a track that is sure. like you know, like it's just a hit. It just sounds you know, like like the Mike Karen thing. Like this is the next single. There's no top line on it yet, but the track's right. such a hit. You know, those are, those are exciting moments. It's weird because I get those. And, you know, most of the time it's because there's a giant sample in it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why people can say this is a hit. Mm-hmm. You know, what's crazy about Talk Dirty. I didn't Dirty, know that about Talk Dirty, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is sick. And then, like, yeah. they're like, hey, we're doing splits. So you got, uh, I think, four. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, okay. So I, the two of the songs, I, I, you know, because we'll get into, like, other life stuff. But I, I'm kind of. Like, it was always you as my favorite song on that Maroon 5 record. Sick. Thanks, it's man. It's so good. Um, how do you feel about that song? Like, I mean, it obviously is like... Uh, that was like the White Unicorn. That that was like one of my favorite songs I've ever written in my life. Yeah. It was the one that, like, opened up doors to work with Madonna. And everyone who heard it was like, this is the... You know, I got calls from, you know big label execs who were like, this is the new sound of this artist. We're going to do this whole thing. And sure. it was literally like, and all the writers would come to me and be like, bro, that song, it was always you. Yeah. It's so funny. It was like this, it was weird. We just literally, it was. Um, I mean, it felt progressive and yeah. it had like that Phil Collins-y kind yeah. of drum And there wasn't the, the happening really. The Drive soundtrack was doing it and like some, like, you know, Oliver, you know, Oliver was doing that sound. There was, But in the pop world, it wasn't happening yet. Uh, right, you know, so so we just t- we took a chance. I was like, dude, I'm just gonna do like a no drums yeah. till the second verse, and right. you know, like uh, Sam came in with the melody for the hook, and then I like just started, you know, playing like a major verse, like or which because the chorus is minor, yeah. And you know, at first I was like, that's not gonna work. I'm like, dude, it'd be crazy to do like this ma- major to minor change and all this kind of stuff. And then you start, we started seeing it happening on like pop radio, and yeah, you know, like a lot of. That, that kind of sound was happening, and then it was you know Maroon Five took the song, never made it an actual single though. But it's funny how yeah. it opened so many doors though. So in my opinion, right. it was like it was a, a super successful song in my opinion because it it helped it helped the monsters, it helped me so much. Sure. And it was like it was just it was satisfying to make it. You know, people tend to think if it's not you know a, a number one or top five, yeah, like we talk about that a lot on this. Is that you know then then it's somehow not. It's not successful enough or something yeah. like that. But I don't think people realize that 
that's an amazing accomplishment, you know, to still have that song come out in the world because it is progressive and it changes from minor to major. And it's, you know, it's super interesting how it has that feel. But you, the the truth is that nothing is as satisfying as when you make the song. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I've come to realize too. Like, even if that song was like a number one hit, it still wouldn't have been as satisfying when we first made it. When I was first like, yeah. dude, check out this drum fill or whatever it is. Like these, yeah. these moments. Sure. And that's like, that's what I always tell my friends too that are, you know, like if they're struggling songwriters, I'm like, believe me, dude, like hearing a song on the radio is cool. Getting the checks are cool, but sure. there's nothing more satisfying than the creation of it. Right. You know? Speaking of the creation of songs, I always think about how I was upstairs when, uh, um, when you were writing chains downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like coming downstairs and being like, Yeah, that sounds really good. Going up and I don't know what we were working on. It was some one peaches. of our writing camps. You were working on peaches up there. Right. Peaches huh? I mean that, in that yeah. week we did yeah, it was a good Booty week. Bounce, which is gonna end up coming out. Yep. And we did uh, you know, Stuck on a Feelings that week, I think. Yep. And Chains. Chains. I mean I'm sure there was probably another one in there yeah. that I'm forgetting. It's a successful week. Yeah, it was a really good. But week. Chains is one of those songs of all the songs you have. I don't know another song that you have that so many people reference in sessions you're not a part of. Really? Yeah. Well, like there's crazy. not another session that people say, well, we should do the thing that they do in Chains. Or we should do. And that's when, because we've had a, a lot of songs together, at yeah. least written a lot of songs together, if nothing else. Yeah. But you have Jason Evaganisms. Really? That, yeah, that are like starting to become part of the zeitgeist, and you don't even because you're not in those sessions. Wait a minute, so you would never know this. This is crazy for real. Yeah, I always wonder that because you know I reference stuff all the time, but that's that's pretty because cool. people and and that's that's how people progress. I don't. It's not stealing. It's like yeah. a real like homage, and it's a but you end up in these things where people say, oh yeah, well then we'll do this kind of drop, and you and Ricky have a similar thing with the way you guys mm-hmm. structure arrangements when there are drops. But you have your own style. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I know the first up, time we worked together, I was like, "Dude, we like work so similarly." Yeah, yeah. And just you just hear people say, "Which we should try to do that." And I'm usually really in the cool. session saying, "Well, either call Jason or let's probably do something different because nobody's gonna match like your natural instinct for how chains works mm. is." That that is such a that epitomizes you as a producer to me. <laughs> you know, I yeah, know yeah. that song. I I yeah. I've been a part of similar songs that we've done. Not not similar in like, yeah, the actual song. But I just know how that structure feels like it's you. Hmm. And it's cool. Man. But it doesn't it doesn't you know take away. Sometimes I look at at producers where they put their stamp on it, and I and I think that that takes away from the artist. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself? At times, saying you know, I'm I'm going to be, I have to, you know, this artist isn't unique enough, so I need to go and put in a little extra flair on the production. Or do you ever have times where you say, like, you know, I I need to pull everything out because this artist is, their voice is such an instrument. Yeah, both. You have to do both, and that, I think that's what if if, if you want to be a a producer that's going to be around for a while, you got to. It's not just thinking about yourself, not thinking about, you know, sure. oh, I got to put a bunch of tricks in there so people see that I'm a cool producer. Right. You got to be like, okay, this song, right. I, I don't want to ruin it. I got to just back it up with whatever I got to back it up with. I think the song comes first, you know? Yeah. So I think that's just the main, the main thing. Always think about the song first and then just try to back it up, ha- have a nice bed for it to sit on. Not to take a step back, but 
because I know we've talked a lot about songs, but the uh, one of the things that I mentioned in the very beginning was how, and this is like the total exact opposite thing than what we were just talking about, but maybe it's not. There's no one I know who's more like spiritually stable right now mm. in the music industry. Yeah. You know, okay. I feel like cool. there. <laughs> I'm sure there are people who are spiritual or religious or whatnot, but mm. um, it's something you're very vocal about. And I think it's really interesting to be um, the music industry and being spiritual and religious seem to be kind of inverse relationships most of the time. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the creation of songwriting, maybe that is spiritual. I don't know how yeah. you treat that, but how is that? How do you? How does spirituality influence your writing? Um. Because you're not writing yeah. spiritual yeah, I'm not writing, songs. I'm not writing like, yeah, spiritual. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, Well, I, I think part. that everything, I mean, the way, I kind of look at life like everything that I have, everything I do, everything is just like a gift. It's just like and it's just channeling. Uh-huh. So um, if I if I go, if I start my day off the way I'd love to start my day off, which I don't always do, but if I kind of start it off just like in prayer, meditation, just kind of like tapping into the source, tapping into God and, and starting my day that way. Then I can really feel like everything I did that day was was through him, you know, or through the source of it all. Um, but you know, it's it, there's definitely times where I feel like I'm having real spiritual moments. There, so, like it was always sure. you for sure. Was like kind of kind of what that song is about too, you know. Um, there, and there's then there's songs when you, you talk dirty, you're just like you don't feel tapped into the spirit at all. Like, you're right. just like you're just writing a song after you're like, what was that? That was crazy. Um, well, why do you say that? No, 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 because it, because, you, because you know, there's a difference. There's a different type of thing that happens when you are writing a song that's like oh, moving, right. moving these emotions in your body, and you feel like, sure, like uh, and sometimes you're doing writing. Yeah, and then sometimes you're just writing and fun, and it's just you know, right. Um, but yeah, there's something really special when you when you really are. It's funny we were talking about this yesterday. We're, like ha- how to stay tapped in to to the spirit the spiritual world when when you're making music you know what I mean because because if you're in a room with people who aren't on the same page sometimes yeah. you totally just it doesn't happen you know um, wait what do you mean that they're not also well no yeah there's there's a different like there's just a different energy in the room you know what I mean and, and like like the conversations are different it's it's just it's I'm not saying one's good one's bad right she's saying it's a different type of feeling you know like there is this crazy feeling when you write a song you're like oh this is so like deep you know like right there's a and it just sure. feels like it's coming from somewhere else and you're like where's where this coming from you know right um so that's 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 a pretty amazing feeling that happens yeah i mean i guess i kind of know the answer to this but have you always been like that uh no i haven't always been that what changed? Say, how do you go from? I mean, yeah. is this while you're in a band, and then all of a sudden you're like, "I'm feeling it." That's yeah. why I'm writing a certain way. Yeah. Or is it when you start? You know. What, yeah. So I I, I, was, I was never okay. So I wasn't raised in any kind of religion. I'm still. Right. I, I would never say I'm a religious person by any means. You know, it's not my. That's why I called you <coughs> my spirit. Yeah, yeah, my spiritual. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think that I think that religion is. Um, okay, so what? So I'll just be open. Okay. So I like I love Jesus. I, I think he's like the 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 best. And I and I I just I just like uh when I was twenty, I think twenty seven years old, that's when I when I was like, let me let me just check check this out, see what it's about. And it sure. just changed my life totally. Right. And um I think the religion side of, of it, what people people took a message. He had an amazing message for the world and people took that and made a religion around it. 
and you know made this group of people and it's it, it becomes this kind of like we're uh you know we're the christians and you're the not christians and i think right. that's not at all i mean he died a jew he was a jewish right. guy like and his his teachings and his message and, and who he was and, and how he wanted us to treat humans and love others and love ourselves and it was this incredible incredible message that got so perverted um so anyway so so for me it's like i just try to follow his teachings and, and follow him right and it's my life is just it's, it's become so much more uh just fruitful sure. since, since since i since i since i like just let, just invited him into my life and i was like you know started following him so um I've actually never talked through it through a microphone about it. this is crazy. I mean, is it? <laughs> it's is cool. This, no, it's it, very cool. I, lo- I love it. It's 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 for me. It's what it's you know. But I mean, you you and I've had you know we've, oh yeah, long, we've had yeah. dinners and yeah. long yeah. long conversations about yeah. this and and uh, you know both of us probably believe in a lot of the same things and it's just semantics yeah. on some level. Totally. Um, but one thing that you do that I don't do is I don't go and do the level of charity that you do. I mean, I, I'll do a couple charitable events, but you yeah. go to Thailand. Yeah. And is that directly because of uh well of it, religion or is yeah. that is or sorry, no sorry, religion. Not religion. Yeah. Is that sorry, no, but is that yeah. is that directly because <clears throat> of the teachings of okay. Jesus or is that because you go to Thailand because um this is the right thing to do as a human? Yeah, uh, what well, I think uh, so. When I first w- we went to Thailand for a honeymoon, yeah, and we went just for a honeymoon. Like, I'm, I was like, I want to go in like the nicest hotels, and I want to stay in the nicest places, and, I, sure. and you know, because that's the way I've always <clears throat> always been. But when I got there and I started meeting these people who were who a lot of them didn't have much, right, and. All I wanted to do was just hang out with them and talk with them and love on them and just be cool with them. And I started realizing, like, this is what this is what really fires me up, being around right. this kind of thing. So then, so then our next trip, we went out and we're like, let's just go in, let's stay in, like, let's go find the villages. And we started yeah. living in the villages with the people. And we started realizing, like, this is really what uh, the the connection is. And you can do it in, in our backyard too. We just sure. we we have an attraction to sure. this country, you know. So. And actually, it's funny we talk about this because I like two nights ago I had like a huge. This year has been a really interesting year. I've had a lot of, a lot of success. I got a house, like all these kind of things. And but I've I've felt a little. I haven't felt as high as as I've as I as I've felt in the other years. You know, I've I've had, in the eyes of the world, I should be like at the, it's like, ah, you know. Right. But um, I was actually I was praying and I was like I was like what, I want to I want to feel you more. I want to feel you God more. Like what is it? I was like. And, and it just hit me. I was like, I haven't been serving as much as I'd like, as, as much as I should. And then, and that's, and that's what Jesus said. He's like, if you serve, you'll the, the more you serve, and the more you give, and the more you are outward and off of yourself, you're gonna, you're gonna, life is gonna be. You have so much more freedom in your life. You're gonna be more happy. And, yeah. I, and I, it didn't hit me until that. And I was like, I was like, whoa, this year has been a lot about, been a lot about me. It's been a lot about. Yeah. You know, just like, I got a house. I got to protect the house. I got to keep working harder and harder and harder. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so yesterday, actually, we went to this we went to this, this little uh, these little school with these kids out in, in East L.A., and we were just hanging out with them. I was, I was looking at these kids' eyes, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's that that's where the, the real joy. I think we were, we were putting this earth to, to be in community and to love each other and to not just be focusing on ourselves. And when we yeah. are fo- when we're off of ourselves, that's when the, the love explodes. You can't just show up at a at a school and say I'm gonna go look at kids' eyes. So, how do you get? 
how do you get from from I broke like, it, so I broke in the back, yeah. right? I broke in the back. So <laughs> I mean, let me let me look at your eyes, kid. How do you go from like I'm praying about okay, doing okay, good things okay. to like here I am in in a school? Okay, in okay South so Central, we have that. So LA, so my my wife and I started the, the nonprofit uh, called right. uh, called Picture This, and what we wanted to do was you know we don't want to make like this thing about like there's so many charities in the world who are you know sure. Helping the poor and all these and, it's, and giving food and all this stuff, which is beautiful and amazing. But we're like, I think like there's a huge uh, void in just human connection, and uh, so we're like, let's let's <clears throat> figure out a way to pair up kids in America with kids in these other third world countries through um, through picture like picture pen pal. So sure. like they're so we, we we pair up these friendships and it's it's beautiful to see what these kids are like it's right. it's happening and you get to see these. These kids in these school like write letters like I, I go to school every day. I'm learning more English because I'm so excited for our friendship. And right. so you see it happening. It's like, yeah. oh, this is really happening. Anyway, so there's <clears throat> our our housekeepers actually. Uh, their kids are involved in it, cool. and so we went to their their Sunday school right. church uh, on Sunday yeah. just to go hang out with the kids and to kind of like do activities sure. with them. And that's how I broke into the school and looked at right. them, <laughs> looked at all their eyes. Yeah, right. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was just cool. It was cool. You know, they're just. Uh, just to see that there's such a pureness in children yeah. that it's like, it's a reminder, like, okay, that's what I, I want to try to constantly get sure. back to, you know? Absolutely. Because we, we, we were all that way at some point, and then someone breaks your heart, and then you get a little callous, and then someone steals from you, and then you get hard, and then, you know, that person, you, then before you know it, you're 32 years old, and you got this kind of, like, hardened heart. Yeah. And, you know, and it's all, and if you see this kid's like, okay, I got to get back to just being that, oh, there's such a light in there, you know? Right. So. It's crazy because you're so um, you're so passionate about this, mm. and anybody who knows you knows you're passionate about this. Yeah. And when we talk about music, it's like this is our job. <laughs> I love music. That's you know, true. yo, yeah, you're yeah. totally like you love you yeah. love music, but you're tr- truly passionate about yeah about well, you know, like, feel, how you're okay. so fulfilled right now. Yeah, because well, you just went yeah. to that school. <laughs> you know. Yeah. When I talk about this, the spirit world, you know, I talk about the physical world, I get excited, it's cool. But when I talk about the spiritual world, I literally feel like like I get hit with like like Vicodin all over my body or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I get, it's such a, you know, there's just, I feel like there's, even the, everywhere around us all the time, there's a whole other side that we can, that we don't see. that Because right. we're just all this flesh and bone and t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. But I, I feel like there's a whole other world out there that we're, when, when I tap into that, I feel like. I just come alive, you know. Bringing back to music, is it strange to be in what it, I guess it feels like it's a secular industry? Mm-hmm. And yet, I know so many people who are not secular. Yeah. You know, is it something that is a facade? Is it just my strange perspective? Or is it that people tend to be quiet about their, you know, their view on the world? I think that <clears throat> it's definitely not cool to like talk about God and we're in like a, uh, the new age world is v- is very about yourself and you could do this and we can, you have the power, you have the power to do this. So it's almost like if you, if you talk about, if, if you, if you put it on a higher power, it's almost like you're kind of like a weakness to you, I feel yeah. like, but, uh, but there's, but I think it's, I think it's kind of the opposite. I feel yeah, like if, you if, if you're, yeah. ta- if you're tapping into something that's that powerful, there's so much more power in it than, us just try to do it down here. Like I pay my taxes and do my bills and I can do this right. all myself. And then when you fall apart and you're like, Damn. now what, you know, but right. it's like, if you, if you, if I just, 
Yeah. So I, I think that there, are, I, it's funny because whenever I talk to most people and it gets deep, everyone's either like has, has faith or they're, they're, they're searching or they're really, really comfortable where they are. Like, and they're just, they're cool with it. Right. So, you know what I mean? But I think there, there, there's always a, there's always good conversations to be had about it, which I love that. I love, yeah. you know, we've had some great conversations. Yeah, and I think you realize it, and part of those conversations made me realize because the people around us will then sort of, you know, peek through the window and they'll be like, "I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm spiritual," yeah. and you're like, "You?" Yeah. And you're yeah. like, "I'm spiritual." You're exactly. like, "You do?" It's you like the like the opening you. scene of like of like Beauty and the Beast or something. That's <laughs> anyway. So, but it in the beginning of that, where be, everyone uh, like yeah, peeks yeah. through the window and out the door, it's like, and they start like peeking their head out. I feel like that's sort of what it's like yeah. when you're around because people feel comfortable, you know, finally just saying like, "Oh, there's my," like, you're, yeah, you're almost like a, like a, a pastor in the, <laughs> in in, oh, in the music industry. I feel like even though you don't talk about, yeah, just because we've. I guess because we're also around people we're really comfortable with. So, yeah, yeah, you, you know, but they tend to open up around you in a way they don't when you're not. All I can life. say is like if just if if you have any questions, just read. There's literally there's four books where Jesus was t- around talking. He was only around for three years, like right. from, he died. He was 33 years old. Just go read it. There's it's literally it can take you can maybe two hours. You can read all there is on Jesus, literally, yeah. and then make your decision if uh, if 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 he was this you know evil man who's walking around saying you're going right, to hell exactly. you're not going to hell you're going to hell so yeah, he's not really like that he was pretty amazing yeah you know what Wait, i mean so are you 32 32 yeah when's your birthday june 10th it's interesting so when you turn 33 that's it that's your jesus year right that's it that's and it's it. also the year that you know thomas jefferson writes the declaration of independence did he really when he was 33 uh-huh dang Oh no! Thirty-three is 33. like a is like a very strangely yeah. There's twenty-seven where you're supposed to die, which right. I As think a I almost did actually. I think like how so? so I had like a Vicodin addiction. I, right. Like, I I went nuts. Twenty-seven was a rough year. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dark, dark year. But that's the same year that you kind of find your spirituality. Yeah, it was the same year that I kind of got picked back up. So yeah, yeah. So that was a good switch. It was a nice little nice better <laughs> than the alternative. Yeah. Had you, had you, had you. Yeah, luckily the ground was like a like a trampoline. I didn't land it. I, I, it didn't catch me. I was like boom, hit it and bounced yeah. back up, you know, so I'm sure um, living in LA you, you went around a, you know, knew a lot of people at 27 that had much, you know, crazier falls, especially as yeah. a musician. Oh yeah, I have a lot of friends who have a lot of friends who died from overdoses and Crazy. That's like, is, and it's not like you grew up in a in a no, rough no, no, no. Area. I didn't grow up in. A, I, I grew up in a privileged like town, you know. Grew up in the valley. Like, I think it was just uh, there was a lot of drugs around. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. Does that scare you as far as you raising a family in? LA? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I I, th- I think that it, I think that if you know. I mean, you can only have so much influence on your on your child, I think. But sure. I, I just feel like I'm gonna be homies with my kid for sure, like my dad was, you know. Yeah. Like I think that he'll probably go off and do his wild phase, like I did. But as long as there's, you know, something great to come home to, then yeah. I think that you'll, for the most part, there's always a chance. But I got faith that it'll be all right. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll see. No, I'm like that'd be crazy. <laughs> Dang. Well, on that yeah. note. Yeah. Having faith that everything will be all right. Yeah, it's a good place to slow down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm. You know, I'm. 
I'm proud that you've always managed to maintain who you are. You know, especially because the switch into the songwriting community is it. It's a very familial atmosphere, but none of us are actually family, yeah. and so you don't know when people really find out who you really are, how they're gonna think. And you've yeah. always been very open with who you are, and I think that's why you have your place in this community is that people know what they get when they're with you. They know they're going to get somebody who's really fun, who's really instinctual. The songs are going to come out at the end. I know anytime we have a session that at the end, that demo is something we can shop, you know, that's an amazing accomplishment that you don't even realize is happening. Really? Yeah. But uh, you know, you should be proud of yourself. This is like, you're the reason why you've hit this new level is because you're being an honest writer and that's sort of our whole point yeah. is is how do you get to that moment when you when you talk about heart attack and how you want to get back to that thing you're being really specific right now with your writing and you you get probably a little more into the nuances mm. that you didn't before but yeah. you're still maintaining who you are because change which happened 5 years later Mm-hmm. Still sounds like you. Ah, cool. So you can keep trying to get back, but so you know, from a, a a fan's point of view, you are consistently coming out with Jason Evigan songs. So, oh, dude, I I, I I admire that. Thanks. That means a lot coming from you, brother. You're super talented. Well, thanks. And by the way, congrats on the big hit right now. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. That sounds good. It is good, dude. That, that means a lot. Thanks. That's like best interview I've had in ever. Actually, I think. Good. I've done, I mean, I've done, you know, let's think, on Warped Tour, I would do about 25 interviews a day. Yeah. It's the best interview I've ever had. I love that. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And the Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to Jeff Sparger, David Silverstein from Mega House Music, and Michael White. Until next time, this is Ross Golan. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.